to Jason Greger, just back from the Post Malone concert. How are you, buddy? Uh, no bongs, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not uh, Buble. I'm not making an ass of myself, uh, <laughs> pretending that illegal drugs are funny. So well, anyway. He was uh, he was there and not there. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of sad, in my own personal opinion, that... Um, in any other walk of life, if, if you're there and that's a lawyer, a teacher, anybody else, you're like, oh, that's not cool. But it's, oh, oh, it's funny when it's a celebrity. I've never bought into that. I'm like, that's not a good look for him. And it's not really a good look. Like the NHL didn't want that. They don't need that. Like no. that shouldn't have been the focus at all. It wasn't the focus the whole event. But for the draft night, that really shouldn't have been the focus at all. It's like, dude, it's it's a draft of NHL players. Like if, you know, if, if you need to go on, on mushrooms to do it, then, you know, maybe you got bigger issues. Um, what did you think of the All-Star weekend? Uh, well, to be honest, Al, I was in Arizona, and no. so I did. Uh, I watched Sunday night uh, with my son the uh, the skills uh, competition because mm-hmm. he was at the Oil Kings game with his team on Friday. So, um, so we made a deal; he'd wait, and we watched that. And you know what? It was great. Skills competition was highly entertaining. I don't. I don't see how anybody could could complain about it. Obviously, I know Kucherov didn't look like he he was loving it. Although I wonder because he didn't do very well in the first one. After that, I said, you know what? I'm yeah. just going to play it up here as as, as the uh, as the heel in Toronto. It's a big rival, so you know maybe I, you know. Although I don't think that's 100 percent it, but um, you know what? Like you look at that the breakaway drill on the goalie. Like they're going for a minute straight. Like the yeah. guys were tired. Like you could yeah. clearly tell. So it was, you know what? The game itself. I've never understood why people get mad about the All Star game. It's a, it's a meaningless game. It's supposed to be played at half speed, and you have a few passes. Great, but the skills competition itself, I thought. Like that was a massive increase in entertainment value from anyone I remember. You, you do know that, like you say, the game isn't important. You know they're going to put a banner up at in Toronto that Ma- Team Matthews won. That'll go right up there. Well, they, uh, um, I, I noticed David Pasternak said they needed a few wins. So uh, you know, some good little. He's got a good sense of humor, but yeah, I don't, I don't put much stock in the game. I think it's for the kids. The kids like it. That's what it's about. And uh, the skills competition. I thought they. They really elevated the, it was. you know, like the NBA's, you know, skills night has been something you'd want to watch. And, and I think the NHL one, this is the first time they did it. There's obviously some things they're going to look at slightly improving, but I think it's a good foundation. Now, you won't see it for a few years because uh, next year, of course, you have the uh, um, you know, Canada-US, uh, Sweden-Finland game. So there won't be an all-star game. And then usually there isn't an all-star game during um, when they, when they go to the Olympics. Now, in 2022, when they ultimately didn't go, they were planning to have an all-star game in Vegas and then go to Beijing. But mm-hmm. uh, in my conversation with Connor McDavid today, I don't, I don't really think the, the the star players who are going over to play in the Olympics are going to want to play in an all-star game. No, it's like you're, you're preparing for that, and it's that's going to be the big because for McDavid, one of the things that grinds my gears is that this is a player. Um, at his peak now, but he's he's had great opportunities to play in the Olympics that were not afforded him, mm-hmm. and that's a damn shame. I'm glad he's going. I can't wait for him, and I don't want him hurt at an all-star game. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd be surprised if there was one. There's never really been one before. Now, if, if you want an event for your sponsors and stuff, then you could have a Young Guns game. There's lots of young stars. Like, trust me, they could do the skills competition. You know, you could bring in a, you know, um, you know, a fun event where you could see the level of skill from your young players because the majority of the players in the Olympics are going to be, you know, older proven veteran players. Yeah. Do you, um, obviously the lines Kane was back. Do you see the Skinner starts tomorrow? 17. This is the big one, right? Like if you win 17, you should be able to get to 18 in theory. No, because it's Anaheim. Yeah. And oh yeah, definitely. You're going with Skinner all day. And then I wonder, do you go like, if you look at Knobloch, he hasn't just given Pickard the 
the easiest game when there's back-to-back games. He hasn't always done that. Yeah. So I could easily see him going with Skinner again on Friday and then Pickard on, on, on Saturday potentially against L.A. Now, L.A., you know what? You're going to have a new coach. So, you know, they're going to be fired up. I think tomorrow everybody knows what's on the line. You know, Leon Dreisel say every team knows it. Of course, Vegas will want to beat them. Mm-hmm. Right? No one wants the you know to be the team now. It's a little different, but tying against a pretty good division rival. Oh yeah. Right now, Vegas. Yeah. Uh, you know, during this sixteen-game run of the orders, Vegas is eight, eight, and one. But they're six, three, and one in their last ten. Right? They start to find the game. This would be this would be a good test for the orders. Uh, you're this in Vegas. It's a great I building could... to play in, but the crowd's going to be loud, and I, I think there'll be a little extra juice. Usually, sometimes out that first game out of the All Star break can be a little bit, and slash bye week too. Yes, can, can be a little sluggish. I, I don't think this one will be. And the orders did get two actual practices in beforehand, which is kind of rare. Do you see Jason? Um, because I think this is a great opportunity for the orders to see uh, Perry uh, play Pickard more. Uh, see how this unit works. There's, there's still Holloway. There's still some guys who, who can solidify their spot on the roster before the deadline. This would be a good month to play these guys, see what you have before you make a move. Yeah, I don't know. Like The number one focus is make sure Stuart Skinner's ready and not overplayed. That's the Now, February, I looked at their schedule. Their February schedule isn't bad. It's March and April where it really gets condensed. And luckily, they're going to have to play a backup regardless because they got so many back-to-backs, right? Yeah. So it almost can save them. Even if they wanted to play them, they couldn't. Well, I guess they could, but I'd be surprised if you're going to do that. So, you know, I look at what do they play. They, play, they have the one back-to-back this week, and then they have a back-to-back at home. And both their back-to-backs, really, there's no travel involved. They're not taking a flight in between games, right? Anaheim, L.A., and then both games at Edmonton on the 23rd and 24th. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, Pickard will play those two, and he'll probably play another one or two uh, this month. But it's not a – February's not a crazy month for them. It, it definitely – down the stretch, March and April, mm-hmm. right, like – April, they play, what, 10 games in 18 days, and five of them are against, you know, top five, seven teams in the league. So by then, that will be the interesting part to me of their schedule because will they have, you know, I, I think they're they're separating themselves a little bit from L.A., but we'll see what L.A., how they react to the new coach. Right. But it's more so going to be how much of a dogfight is it for Vegas, and could they have reeled in Vancouver? Now, Vancouver has a nine-game homestand, Al, oh. coming up in uh, in March, I think it is. But Vancouver also, amongst the top teams in the West, they have the most games against the top 10 teams in the league. So, mm. in theory, a little bit harder of a schedule. Do you see, um, like, when I look at the orders right now, and I saw their lines, I think that, that Corey Perry, because of the style that he has, I loved him with the two fast trains, like with, with Holloway and, and McLeod. McLeod. That's, to me, a really good fit because Perry is going to, He's going to write some checks in front of the net that have to be cast by the other two guys, as you said last week. But he's also he's the his weakness, which is foot speed, is overcompensated by those two guys. They can transport the puck, they can carry the puck in, he can set up, and and that fits. In theory, it fits. Do you like him anywhere else, or with a different center, depending upon how things work down the stretch here, to have a look at least? Um, it's a good question. I don't see him as a top six guy you know, regularly. I, I think he might be able to moonlight here or there because he has the hockey sense to do it, right? And his game, like Pat Maroon, for one year, was excellent with Connor McDavid. Their speed's not even remotely close. So could Perry play with McDavid if need be? Maybe. Right? Like, the order's been pretty healthy, Al, yeah. you know, overall. So are we going to see anybody with some nicks and all of a sudden they, they have somebody in their top six who's out for an extended period of time and, you know, then maybe Corey Perry gets a bump? But 
know, maybe Ryan McLeod, like you saw yesterday in practice, when yes. Kane was out, it was McLeod bumped up and Holloway was the uh, the third line center. So, you know, that to me is interesting. So I, I think that's kind of the coach. He, he gives you the blueprint a little bit here under Chris Knobloch. You don't really have to try to guess a lot in, in how he wants to run his lines and, and how he views people at this time. Perry probably is suited where he should be. I would think the caveat being, what if they acquire a fourth line center? Right, right. And do you think there's any possibility they go and get a Gensel? Well, what's the cost? Like, I don't know if if Ken, at least based on his past history, Ken Holland doesn't just give away first rounders mm-hmm. for pure rentals. Yeah, true. right. So I, Jake Gensel is a pending UFA. He's an American kid. What are the chances he signs in Edmonton? Probably low. Mm-hmm. So would you give up a first for three months? Well, maybe if, if you really think that's the difference. But if there's a right winger they feel they could get who has multi-years left on his deal, right. I think that would be more likely. Like, you you look – I think the Ekholm blueprint gives us a good sense of of what of how he views, you know, first-rounders, right? Now, some would argue, Gregor, look at what he gave up for Andreas Athanasiu, right? Um, now, keep in mind, Athanasiu opted not to – to, to sign the $2 million deal. Yeah. And so, you know, that plus COVID and it changed it a little bit. So, um, and as strange as it sounds, I think they were a little bit more desperate that year. They were. I agree. Just to get in, like they got it in and make the playoffs. They'd do something. The orders are a very good team right now. They're not desperate by any stretch. I think they're calculated. And, and if there is a, a real good trade, then, then he can be patient and wait to see it because there are still lots of teams today on February 5th that we don't think are sellers, but come March 5th could be sellers. Do you think, Jason, this is sort of a summer question, but do you think the next general manager of the Oilers has to be, like, on site in Edmonton? That's, that, you know, Jackson is in Toronto. Uh, and, and Oh, without question. Yeah. I'm sorry. You you, you can't be the GM the of the team and not right. be residing here. I, I don't believe Jeff Jackson will be the general manager. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think that's the role he took on. I think he, he likes the role he is. I think he's going to have a say in who the next GM is. Um, you know, if indeed, like, you know, I still feel that Ken Holland's going to retire at the end of the season, right. at least from being the GM. He, he might sit in an advisory role, which I don't think would be the worst thing ever. He has lots of experience. And despite some people who have falsely projected that Ken Holland is doing nothing, Ken Holland is doing a lot. He, you know, he had a lot of say in Corey Perry. He's had a lot of say in a lot of the moves that they've made this season. He's not just sitting here, um, you know, riding into the sunset. Yeah. You, you don't think Ken Holland would love to, to bring a Stanley Cup in Edmonton. Oh, it'd be uh, a great yeah, way like, to end it. Right? And, and the funny thing is, like, look at what he's done since he took the team over. Oh. Right? Like, people that try to claim that Ken Holland hasn't done much, I'm like, are you not paying attention to the to the moves he's made? There's The, the list of good moves is infinitely longer than the one of bad moves because every GM has a few bad. We all know yeah. the Cassian contract. It's totally fair. But I'm pretty sure the Zach Hyman contract negates it right well but, also if you if anybody who wants to know the progress that was made have a look at the roster he inherited yes and and he had to there were reasons why but they had to slow play progress with Haas and Shahan for a, a time until they could get cap situated right yeah and, and they lost he lost two of his top three defensemen now yeah for reasons well outside of his like Adam Larson's father passed away in Edmonton on a sudden heart attack that's the reason Adam Larson didn't resign. His mother didn't want to come back to Edmonton. It was just emotionally too hard for her. Sure. And so Adam made a decision. You know what? I want my mom to be able to come and watch me play. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why he made And who can hold that against him? And Nobody. then Oscar Clefbaum's career ended yeah. prematurely. 
So that's two of your top three defensemen out for nothing. Yeah, and and really at exceptionally good contract totals. So yeah. you not only it's like not a nine million dollar defenseman yeah. you can go get two of them. You had the, I think they were both on four point one or something. Yeah. Really, four really four for Larson, four point one for right. Clapton, four point one six. So it's uh, Super Bowl weekend weekend coming up. Uh, I I know I like I've read you know this is going to be an interesting uh, Super Bowl. Um, I I just being an Eagles fan and watching a year ago, I think Mahomes is the is the difference maker here. Well, yeah, it's he, all he's done is won a lot, right? Yeah. Um, it could be his third championship in five years. Right. If he loses, it'll be still be two and two and four trips to the Super Bowl. It's still pretty good. Yes. Um, you know what? It, it's funny. Like the 49ers offense was awful in the first half last week, two weekends ago. Yep. Right. I, well, I guess last weekend on um, this, you know what I mean? Ten days ago. But in the second half, they were kind of what we thought they were. Yeah. And so when I, I look at them, the Chiefs defense is probably the, the one that still doesn't get talked about enough because the Chiefs have Mahomes and they have Kelsey and they do everything. But the the Chiefs offense against the Ravens went five consecutive series where they punted. And then they took a knee because it was the end of the game. Yeah. And their defense still kept the opposition to, to 10 points. So, you know, I'm fascinated by the McCaffrey, Kittle, Debo Samuel, Purdy matchup against this Chiefs defense, right? Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, the Chiefs got some key injuries on their D-line that I wonder how much of an impact that plays in this game. Yeah. Um, I'm always interested in this week because you do get some interesting interviews and some interesting coverage and some questions. And the, the, the both the Chiefs and the 49ers, I think, are pretty mature teams, like in terms of, you know, I don't think they'll be overwhelmed by the moment. It mm-hmm. won't be like the Falcons, for instance. Uh, but I... I, all I want is a close football game. We always seem to get them in a great cup, but sometimes we don't get them in the Super Bowl. Do you see this being reasonably close? I would think so, just based on last week. Both the, the conference games were close. Yeah. And like, I'd be surprised if either team blew out the other one. I guess that's what I'm like. I, I, my question is, are we going to see some offense on either one? Like, you know, the Chiefs and Ravens, you had 27 total points. Yeah. Now, obviously, the 49ers, there was lots more offense in that game. It was entertaining. So... I'd like like the Chiefs offense. I think if you have to play a low scoring game, they can grind it out. And then if if you got to kind of get into a shootout, they're pretty confident they can do that. So I like the I, I like the matchup. I'm, I'm very intrigued by it. I still like I haven't looked at the line this week, but like I think last week it was almost a pick 'em, like yeah. minus one. So that's kind of how I see it. I, I don't see any clear favorite, and I, I could see someone arguing why they think the 49ers are going to win, and then someone arguing why the Chiefs are going to win, and I'd be probably nodding my head in both times. <laughs> What's coming up on the show? Well, uh, TR is going to join us uh, after his uh, his festivities at the uh, All-Star weekend, so uh, we'll touch on that. Uh, some big news, unfortunately, another injury to uh, Alfonso Davies. What does that mean for Canada coming up? So we'll talk to Andy Petrolo about that. Uh, we're going to talk about Gensel yeah. and uh, the Penguins. Uh, we'll go to Pittsburgh today. Kevin Woodley, we've got uh, some more uh, goaltending. We'll look at uh, Aiden Hill. Are there any weaknesses, any areas to exploit in uh, Aiden Hill's game? We'll find out from uh, Woodley on that. And uh, obviously, we'll uh, we'll talk about the orders, have a little bit of fun with the you know they're chasing an NHL record. Yeah, right. And, and I know, but, wow, who cares if they? It only matters if they win the cup. Actually, that's totally false. No. This is completely separate. Two thing, two things can happen. You can't win the cup tomorrow. No, they can win eighteen in a row and won't win the cup. But if they lose tomorrow and don't win eighteen, they can still lose the cup. Yeah. So it, it, there's it, no it, connection to that. So no, we'll and have, it's, have it's, a little fun with it. It's also, I think, a, a 
reflection of their their improved quality and depth. And Ken Holland does get credit for that. I think they're oh, they're a better team than not? they were. Yeah. Like look at look at their depth players. No, they're good. They're good. They're good. To, they could win the Stanley Cup, Jason. Oh, I, I don't think anybody can say right now. Like the West is hard. Yeah, there's lots of good teams, but Edmonton is near the top of those good teams. Yeah, right. They're, they're like, right now today, Vancouver, Vegas. Colorado, like, I would take Edmonton over Colorado. Like, right now, McKinnon and Ranton are doing what McDavid and Drysaddle did for a few years. They carried them because no one else is really producing there other than Nichushka. Now, I, I'm not talking about Kale McCarr. I'm talking about their other forward groups, right? right? Like, yeah. uh, I know they get Zach Parise tonight, so that's a little interesting to see yeah. what, what he has left at, at his age at, uh, after a 21-goal season. But, yeah, the orders are good, Al, and yeah. I, I still think they can make a, a – I, I firmly believe they're going to add at least one veteran defense, just as a depth guy. It might right. not seem like a big acquisition at the time, because you probably don't need it. It's like in case of emergency, break glass. And that's no. probably what that defenseman will be for this team. I don't see any reason to split up their D pairs. But um, now, of course, if you can find it's a clear, obvious upgrade on CCI, I'll listen to the argument. But you got to give me a clear upgrade. Yeah, and I, I, I've looked at it. I don't see one. We'll see. Thank you, Jason.